Ladies and gentlemen, when have we ever followed orders? For this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Ah! <laughs> ah! My heart! <laughs> God dang it. God dang it. Mm, cue the music. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What about DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, I'm a Kendall Richardson. And I fought the law and the law won, Michael Lister. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it through the medium of the interwebs of Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah. Yes, coming at you from three different directions. Oh, a three-way. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Sexual innuendo always makes yep. the world go round. Always makes the world go round. Ah, oh, love that for us. Very much. Yes. Um, cool. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us. If you're watching or if you're listening, we appreciate very much. Uh, let's just get right into it with another travel update from one Miss Fulia Cantamachi. Um, Traveling across the Canadian Alps, <laughs> it's a folia. <laughs> She's got her own theme song. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's do this. Okay. So Folia says, Bonjour from Montreal. Um, this past week, I have been through Edmonton and Calgary. Edmonton doesn't have much to offer for the tourists, but I hit up the third biggest mall in the world. Holy crap. About three times, she says. Uh, caught up with the local friends who lived there, and they were all so awesome. In Calgary, I visited the zoo and travelled out to Banff and Lake Louise. Banff. Where I got to... <laughs> nice. That's appropriate. I'm wearing the Fat Man Beyond shirt. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Lake Louise, where I got to skate on a frozen lake. Oh, that's cool. Oh. An experience I will never, in all caps, forget. Um, I've also eaten beaver tail, ooh, which is a fried flat pastry, and I had, okay, it's probably not real beaver tail, um, and I had Nutella on top of mine, which was heavenly. I did eat other food as well, but let's leave that for my Instagram feed. Yes, please go check out um, Foodie Fuji on Instagram. Yeah, um, watch her post beaver. Yes. Sorry, that en that ended me a little bit. Sorry. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That was worth it. Uh, Fulia goes on to say, oh, but I also got to watch something on my flight over to Montreal, and that was King Richard. Oh. It was an interesting film. I enjoyed it for what it was. I think Will Smith portrayed Richard Williams really well, and the young girls who played Venus and Serena were also great. Yes. Uh, that's it from me. Next time you hear from me, it will be either Easter weekend or just after, depending on the podcast schedule. That's correct. <coughs> Bonsoir, mes amis, she says. Mm -hmm. I love the, I love the French, Fulia. Well done. Um, yeah, I'm glad you watched French. You went over the Canada. I don't get it. 
Surely. Surely mm. it's English. Surely it's English, no. Yeah, I, I haven't really researched, I guess, Canada too much, but I believe, yeah, there's a whole part of it that was settled by the French, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in Quebec. Um, so, yes, I, it's very, very cool. I definitely want to go there one day. Um, yeah, I'm glad she watched King, uh, King Richard finally. Um, surprised it took her, like, this long. Um, but I suppose maybe she was waiting for the... The Will Smith hubbub to sort of die down, maybe, before watching it. Because um, he, he is amazing in that movie. And it's a good movie. But it's forever tainted now. So that's, 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 that's good. Tainted land. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that song in my head since I watched that trailer. Oh, we'll get to that later, shall we? Um, Michael. Hello. Hello. What have you been watching the last week? A couple of things, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I finally watched a couple of movies. I watched Cocaine Bear last night. Oh, yeah? Very good. <laughs> so mm -hmm. stupidly good. <laughs> and nice. And happy that they, they're making a sequel. What can they, oh, good. What, what can they do with it? So, so, so great. Uh, nice. Another movie that I haven't seen that I haven't seen that I've finally watched is Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Okay. And that was very good as well. Um, yeah. I like the fact that the it's not like any of the Shrek sort of um, movies in its uh, a bit more stylized in its animation. Uh, a lot of people say, yeah, it's basically. Um, uh, Enter Spider Verse, and I don't mind that. It's it's very unique to look at. It's it's sort of like harking back to uh, tableaus to the actual animation and say, look, it's all streamlined and it looks realistic. It's like, no, nah, you don't need to do that. It's animation. You can do whatever you want, and and I, I actually quite like it. And and by the end, does this mean there's going to be more Shrek? I don't know, uh, but I'm actually ha happy that they actually did this. Uh, this one because it it was good and the villain of the piece is not really it's not really a villain but is a villain and it's more psychologically um uh, part of the um main character's journey uh, and dealing with death so yeah i actually really really liked it um i'm up to date with ted lasso at the moment uh just hey. episode three uh yesterday and it's very interesting what, where they're going to take this because apparently this is the last season, uh, quote unquote. And yeah, um, and it's plenty of optimism and uh, mm. also dealing with um, some some pretty hefty stuff at the same time. So uh, Ted Lasso being Ted Lasso. So I'm that's very true. Happy with that. I will mention. Because my wife has said, can you mention this on the podcast? She watched uh, Gothica yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, she saw a trailer of it <clears throat> on the internet somewhere. And it's like, oh, we've got this. So I haven't watched it in a while. So she watched it when I was watching Cocaine Bear in the other room. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, and she really quite liked it. Uh, I haven't watched it, so hearsay. Um, full of star-studded cast that it is for 2003. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's not really star cast. It is now, but it wasn't back then. I mean, you got Halle Berry yeah. and you got 
uh, Robert Downey Jr. as well, and and uh, and other people that I can't quite remember. But yeah, so so apparently that's something that I need to watch as well. So I'll, yeah, I'll just you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got it on a. Uh, she was worried that you couldn't find it on streaming services. Like, oh, we've got it on DVD. It's like, oh, where? It's, it's one of those like combination ones that's got like Halle um, Berry like movies on it. It's got mm-hmm. Gothica, uh, Monsters Ball, and something else that I can't quite remember. But it's three of them. So it's like I remember seeing it somewhere. I haven't seen any of them really. Mm. Uh, it doesn't really interest me. But yeah. Nice. It's a um, it's a good allegory of saying, always hold on to physical media because you don't know when it's going to be taken offline. Yes. So that is very true. That's the reason why I don't throw away shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hoarding physical media, it's always good. Hundred percent. So, Kendall, mm. do you hoard the physical media? I do. I do. If I could sh- move my laptop right now, um, it's all buckled into my mic and my lighting. So, but I would show you my massive collection of DVDs. Um, you can see the shelf in the background. That's uh, covered. That's got that's got Marvel DVDs in it, and then the one just to the left has got a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, but I'm talking about movies. Yeah. No, real movies. <laughs> Not these roller coaster movies. Not these flicks. roller coaster movies. Oh, okay. Something. I'll see. Something. You know, substantial and something that you can yeah, actually, sink your teeth in. Ac- actual cinema, yeah. um, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a movie uh, done by committee. No. <laughs> a committee that is disintegrating as we speak, apparently. Yeah. Um. Well, they just got to outsource their, their stuff, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sticky. Sticky. Yeah. So anyway, Sticky. back Sticky. to it. We're not to here to talk course. about that. Yes. Back to the pl- Anyway. Time for the plot. Back to the plot. Uh, yes. So, weekly watchings. Um, <coughs> get that cough out of the way now. Um, yeah, Ted Lasso, up to date as well. Uh, watched episode three a couple of days ago. Yeah, everything you said, is it's just great. Um, I, I find this whole Zava thing very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very curious as to where they're, um, they're going. Um, but, um going with that but yeah there's there's a lot of really really interest intricate and interesting plot threads that are weaving in and out of each other um at the moment and uh yeah so it's 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 heading in a good direction but it's it's just it's such a good show like it's just so it's so good um yeah yeah i I, I love it i'm glad you're up to date mike so we can we can talk spoilers now um the sole reason is because it's finishing up and i don't want it to be spoiled because apparently it's one of those mm. good TV shows that you need to watch. So, but yes, it yeah. is a very, very good show. And yes, also, Sensation is also finishing up, so I need to mm. I need to watch that as well. Yeah, same. I need to get on the Succession too bandwagon much, at some point. Too much to watch. Too much to watch, and not enough time. I want because I still need to be creative. I can't, mm-hmm. can't just watch TV all the time. And do a podcast of talking about the TV that I've watched. Yes, exactly. I need to be creative because I'm an artist. (laughs) Yes, I I can I can relate to that. Um, Yes, so Ted Lasso is great. 
Uh, finished season one of The Legend of Vox Machina. Mm. Um, I haven't quite finished That yet. was great. Yeah. Haven't quite finished yet? Nice. I'm hoping to start season two maybe this week. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, the last like four or so episodes of it, uh, of season one, are just nonstop action. Yeah, very, um, very cutthroat. Hmm. Just, just, just a tad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, um, That's where uh, I'm to. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. Like, and the pacing is ridiculous. Like, I literally turned to my friends at one point and, and an episode, when an episode finished and I was like, wait, 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 was that 25 minutes? I felt like five. It was just bam, bam, bam. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really good show. So, um, I, I, I mean, very much looking forward to season two. Uh, and then two other things I will mention quickly that I watched at the start of the week. Uh, I sat down and actually uh, watched a couple of documentaries uh, on Disney Plus that I had been meaning to get around to. Um, the first one was Fire of Love. Um, this was a uh, doco that was recently nominated uh, at the um, Oscars. Um, and um, it didn't win, I should say. Um but I'm just going to look up so I get their names right. Um, so it's based on the the uh, these two volcanologists um, who were married, um, and their names were Katia Kraft and Maurice Kraft, um, French uh, volcanologists, and uh, it's just kind of about their kind of fascination and dedication to the world of volcanology and just everything to do with volcanoes and just the science behind it and and uh and and you know just looking into why the earth is the way it is mm. sorry one moment that's all right when you said volcanologist i thought thought you meant um star trek with vulcans and they studied vulcans. Uh, yeah studied vulcans yeah <laughs> sip. um sip of my tea uh yeah so yeah and it was um a really powerful really well made documentary it's it's put together of um footage that they shot themselves um over the course of their life um and um then there's also like archive footage of them being interviewed on you know multiple different tv stations and things of that nature and um yeah it's really beautiful um but it's 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 heartbreaking because you know i'm not it's not really a spoiler but they they both died um uh, in Japan in 1991 or 1992, there was a, an eruption that um, generated a pyroclastic flow and they were unfortunately uh, taken out by that. Um, um, but they were both very much keenly aware of the dangers of what they did, uh, and, but they had such a respect for nature and such a drive and, and love for it that they were just like, well, if this is how we're going to go out, I wouldn't want to go out doing anything else. So... Yeah, so it's very bittersweet, but it's a beautiful documentary and, and the footage that they get uh, is just insane. So I highly recommend, recommend watching that. It's on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, and the other documentary I won, uh, I won, ha, huh, I watched, <laughs> <laughs> my brain, um, I watched was uh, uh, the winner of Best Doco from last year's Oscars, and that's Summer of Soul. Um, this is the doco that uh, Questlove put together from footage of the uh, Harlem Cultural Festival from 1969. Um, and it was all this footage that was, for some reason, sealed up, locked away for like 50 years. Um, 
and no one had ever seen any of it. And it was, this doco was just so well constructed. It's, it's pretty much set to all, all the footage that they found in these archives, um, you know, with all these different performances. And then it, they also kind of take you through the context of the time and what, how significant the festival was, because it was a predominantly uh, uh, black um, cultural festival. There were black artists performing on the stage from all different walks of life and types of music as well. Like you had people like um, Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, Mahalia Jackson, um, guy I could go on. There's so just icon. It's literally just icon after icon of like sixties um, funk, soul, blues, uh, you know, jazz, just everyone. Um, it's amazing. The performances in this thing is, is so good. And I was moved like, if this is, there was this one song that was performed because it was it happened the year after Martin Luther King, King Jr. was killed. Mm. And it was this um, gospel song. I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was his favourite. And Mahalia Jackson and um, Mavis Staples sang it together. And I was on the edge of my seat <laughs> watching the two, these two women with their voices just singing this song and just losing themselves to the music. And it was... <sighs> mind-blowing um so yeah if you're into if you're into the history of music and um even you know elements of political uh you know of a political nature um especially in america and the civil rights movement and all of that um it's it's a it's an essential watch um and i can see why it won the oscar it was yeah very expertly crafted so um yeah very 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 good also on disney plus so check it out (laughs) <laughs> Sounds very good. Yeah. So that yes, very good, very good. All right, so that's it. Yeah. The weekly watchings, which means it's I, now time. I will yes. mention that um, the Last of Us game actually comes out came out on Steam. The, it did. Yes, I haven't got it yet because okay. Uh, reason being, I did a bit of research and it, it, it's. At the moment, it's not very well received. There's, there's I've he- I've been hearing there's some glitches. Mm, so yeah, I'll probably wait a while before for it to patch up a bit because I'm not sure. I'm hoping my my computer can run it like fairly well, and it's something that I want to experience. So it's sort of what do I do, and that's the reason why I haven't talked about it yet. But Oh, that's cool. I might, I might talk. I might play it like right before season two starts, which probably be twenty twenty five. Yeah, probably. Who knows? <laughs> you got time. I still haven't watched the playthrough of part two yet, so yeah, there's time. Yeah, there's time. Nice. All right, let's dive into the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom. The hostess with most S. Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Yes. Yes, let's go with the news this week. Um, we've got a couple of Marvel stories to start. Marvelous. Uh, 
Marvellous, yes. Um, so, uh, first off, uh, we found out this week that Liv Tyler is going to be reprising her role as Betty Ross in um, Captain America 4. Um, that's pretty exciting. I think it makes a world of sense, obviously, because we know uh, Thunderbolt Ross is in the movie with Harrison Ford replacing the late William Hurt. Um, so, uh, and given, obviously, that Betty is... Um, Betty is his daughter. Um, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I hope we get um, a scene with with her and and Martin Freeman as Everett Ross, uh, brother and sister. That would be that would be nice. Um, we could make more Lord of the Rings jokes then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and it also kind of raises some questions as to you know. Um, if we if we might see Mark Ruffalo in this at all, I don't know. Um, I mean, we're getting I'm pretty sure Abomination is going to be in this, and we're getting um, the, the leader as well. Big head, yeah, big head, big head's going to be in this. So yeah, it's shaping up to be a very interesting movie just based on the cast alone. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to this one, um, and excited ex- just excited to see Liv Tyler coming back, and just to give more. I don't know, Credence, I suppose, to The Incredible Hulk because it's one movie that most fans seem to either skip over when they do the rewatch mm. or they just don't really th- think too highly of it. It's not a bad movie by any means. It's just, um, you know, the MCU is still finding its feet then and um, and and it's a bit tricky too because of the right situation with, with the Hulk um, and the whole Edward Norton being recast um, with Mark Ruffalo too throws a spanner. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing her in this movie. Mike, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, it's a bit more um, connective tissue to the Incredible Hulk movie to the rest of the MCU. And we sort of had something like that with uh, with She-Hulk as well. Um, and also, um, did you say Martin Freeman's going to be in it or was going to be in it or something? I... I don't know if he's confirmed to be in it. I just really want him to be in it just because I want to see Betty and Everett interact. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that's confirmed yet. Yeah, because I've also heard that um, this uh, the Secret Invasion uh, TV show is going to be heavily like connected to this particular thing, uh, particular movie. And mm. it is interesting how a the fourth um, Captain America movie is essentially going to be a Incredible Hulk sequel. Cause yeah. Because there's a lot of Hulk stuff happening. and There is a lot. Yeah, so uh, I suppose that may be a criticism or whatever. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, if... Uh, a lot of people like coming back from from like 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 an abomination and, and and all that coming coming back to actually be more of uh, uh, included into the MCU. It's yeah, that's that's cool. Um, it's probably yeah. So yeah, it's not going to be like Red Skull or Hydra. It's going to be the Super so- Soldier Serum sort of conundrum and trying to create. Uh, a super soldier, which turned out to be the Hulk, sort of storyline that they mm. tackled with. 
Um, yeah. Um, cool. She's back. She, she's back and she's bad and she's mad. Uh, uh, probably one scene with Mark Ruffalo, probably. It's like, yeah, she's probably not going to play an integral part no. in the story, but... But apparently okay. the, there's set photos of uh, of her already, so that's probably the reason why they yeah. sort of jumped the gun for it. Yeah. I probably won't... Mm. It's. Uh, do you want to know the scene? I don't. Know sure, the, I, I don't, don't mind. The, I don't know the context, but apparently, okay. apparently, she's at a funeral. Yeah, it's gonna be her dad. There's no way. Like, there's no way they're not killing off uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Surely, like that's got to be why that they the Thunderbolts name themselves after him or something. And they're gonna be doing I don't something. Know. It's a it's yeah. sort of like a, a polar opposite to. Uh, Dechala, uh, sort of thing. Instead, instead of going yeah. to be the good guy, it's going to be the semi bad guy. Yeah, but, and the re- uh, and the repercussions of him being a uh, a very important person, and mm-hmm. how he's going to be uh, president in this uh, iteration of uh, yeah of President Ford. <laughs> President Ford, once yeah. again. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, they, yeah, that I've been thinking it for a little bit that they're going to kill uh, President Ross off because Harrison Ford is entering his 80s and I don't think you're casting him long term. Um, I think they just, there was no, whatever the story they're doing, obviously there was no way around, um, you know, not having Thunderbolt Ross in the movie. So uh, they've just had to kind of make do and recast because, mm. you know, using using AI technology is obviously something that they could have done, but thank God they're not at that low point yet. No, I think they're but, probably going to do a workaround. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, cool. just, just the other bonus of ha- having Liv Tyler and, and Martin Freeman Ooh. doing a scene. It's probably interesting. Then you can yeah, and it all takes place in Rivendell because that's where they end up anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. It's like, Bill, Bilbo, you've changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, all right. Speaking of secret invasion, uh, our next story. Um, we have confirmation of who Amelia Clark is going to be playing. Uh, in Secret Invasion, and that is actually uh, Talos's daughter. So, the little girl we met in Captain Marvel um, back in 2019. Um, that is, yeah, who uh, who Amelia Clark is going to be playing. Um, so I didn't yet. know she was. <laughs> yeah, feel old yet? <laughs> um, I did have my brain had to do a re- a rewire moment and go. Oh wait, that's right. That movie took place in the thirty 90s. years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes that makes more sense. Um, so the name of the character is Gaia. Um, so apparently, uh, according to Amelia Clark, she's a refugee kid who has become embittered by Nick Fury's lofty promises failing to be kept. Um, so maybe she's going to be more of a an anti-hero maybe a bit more of an antagonist than a than a, a hero potentially yeah. um yeah i don't know i'm very curious um as to how she's gonna 
factor in in the series. They've also revealed that Olivia Coleman is going to be playing an MI6 agent um, who wants to protect England's national security interests uh, throughout the course of the show. Um, so, but this is uh, fiction, right? She... This is fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. A lot of trouble over in the UK at the moment. But... Oh, oh, good politics. Lovely. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. But from the the one and only trailer we've had for this show so far, it um, seems that um, yeah, Olivia Coleman's character might be more of a villain in this. Just she seemed very kind of mm, clandestine in whatever she was going on with. Um, but yeah. We still don't have a confirmed release date for Secret Invasion, but there were rumours during the week that I saw, uh, and I tried to go on Disney Plus to verify, because apparently somewhere in the world on Disney Plus, um, it had Secret Invasion listed and in the like coming soon bit or whatever, and you click on it and it said streaming on June 21st, I think, was the date. Um I couldn't find I couldn't find it on Disney Plus because it used to actually be on there. There used to be like this coming soon section. Well, there still is, but it's not there anymore. It's been taken down, so I couldn't even verify it um, here in Australia, at least. But um, yeah, they haven't announced it officially, so it might be coming out in June. Don't know. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, yes, Michael. Um, what did you What are you thinking about all this Secret Invasion stuff? Are you you still looking forward to the show? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I need to rewatch uh, Captain Marvel again, so mm. which is easy because I got Disney Plus anyway. So uh, I'll rewatch that uh, for it to come out. And cool, it's not really much you can go on. It's still speculation. It it, it definitely feels like um, the storyline that they tried to do in um, uh, Winter Soldier and 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 uh, Falcon with the flag smashes. But in a cosmic sense, where um, essentially like aliens have come to Earth and they're trying to f- find like themselves within uh, this planet and how they how they need to uh, either assimilate or become their own culture sort sort of thing. So there is an allegory between between that and and. Uh, and refugees, as as the article says, so it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, a, a lot of political stuff, which I quite like, and a lot of a lot of um, you know, a lot of metaphor and and just metaphor, just love metaphor, and also a little sprinkling of uh, um, uh, invasion of body snatchers as well, which is cool. Mm. And we'll get to find mm-hmm. out who's really a scroll and who's not. Uh, yeah, probably the biggest one is probably um, uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah, because I think he's actually going to be in this show. Yeah. I think, and yeah, hence why this is going to be leading up to to the um, Captain America uh, dot dot Hulk new wo- Hulk new plus. world order. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Hulk two electric boogaloo, <laughs> rage boogaloo. Or Rage Boogaloo. Rage Aloo. Smashaboo. Smashaboo. Smashaboo? Smashaboo? And that's all. All right. And that's all. Very good. <coughs> okay. Our next item in the news. Um, 
This is very, very exciting. So I think we talked about this a little while ago, that there was going to be a anime series based on Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world. And now, during the week, we got the confirmation of um, the fact that, A, it's going ahead uh, at Netflix, and B, just who's going to be doing the voices. Well, if you're a fan of the movie... Uh, directed by Edgar Wright, you're going to be a fan of this announcement because basically they're bringing back everybody. What? <laughs> they're bringing back. They're bringing back everybody. Um, Cue Gary Oldman. All of them. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this um, anime is going to be starring Michael Sarah once again as Scott, as Scott Pilgrim. Scotty. Um, Scotty. Scotty doesn't um, know. Scotty doesn't know. Um, Chris Evans will be voicing Lucas Lee once more. Captain America. Um, Captain America. Brie Larson is coming back to be uh, Envy Adams Cap- once Captain again. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Routh is going to be Todd Ingram. Superman, maybe. <laughs> or the Atom. Or the Atom, yes, depending. Um, yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is back as Ramona Flowers. Um uh, Jason Schwartzman's back as Gideon Graves. Um, oh God, Anna Kendrick will be back as Stacey Pilgrim. Ellen Wong as Knives Chow. Aubrey Plaza as Julie Powers. Kieran Culkin as well as Wells. I mean, it's yeah, it's literally everybody, guys. Yeah. They're all coming back. It's very exciting. Um, the series is going to be showrun by Brian Lee O'Malley, um, which is. Absolutely fantastic news, uh, which means it's going to be very much on brand. So hopefully that that stays true. Uh, mm. I, I, I don't really have any doubts there. Um, and uh, Edgar Wright is also on board with this too. He's going to be an executive producer on the series. Um, so it's just all a bunch of really good news for fans of Scott Pilgrim this week. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. I haven't watched it in ages, but, um, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, very excited about it. Uh, I might actually check this anime out when it comes out. So, yeah, Mike, what do you make of this news? Is this exciting? Oh, yeah, um, very exciting. I really did enjoy Scott Pilgrim when it first came out because uh, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright and all his work and how he um, he definitely has his own style, which is quite uh, refreshing from from modern like uh, directors. He, it's like mm. you're watching it and you can tell it's an Edgar Wright film, especially with the mm-hmm. short jump cuts and weird angles. And and it's sort of fitting that they would actually animate this because um, the aesthetic of mm. the movie, and if you've re- read the comics, is def- it definitely has that feel of it's realism, but it's uh, off kilter with mm. sort of through the, the mind's eye of a nerd as like how, how, how they would do it. And especially after, I'm going to mention it again, but um, Spider Verse and how mm. and how they sort of um, add in like what seems to be like cell work, like like uh, cell cartoons and all that, and just all the references as to <clears throat> to different sort of elements that you would have as a as a young adult growing up. Um, yeah. Probably the only issue that I have is how they're going to how they're going to tackle the relationship between Scott and Knives. Uh, 
like that like looking back on that it's like yeah it's a bit weird and a bit luxury but they they managed to make it work somewhat mm. and and they do make reference to it in, in the movie as well how it's it's a bit weird and gross and come on scott grow up and he does um but i always enjoy the sort of um uh giving a a creator who created the um thing uh another go at it and see what they can uh, find and different different sort of um interpretation and also different lines and all that i'm all for it and it, i definitely was like that age growing growing up when i first watched scott pilgrim so i was definitely in that sort mm. of uh, mind's eye watching it as a 30 year old adult um, it's going to be different uh, i don't know what i'm going to see in it but it's it's probably going to be a little bit nostalgic for me uh, watching it mm. as well. so yeah definitely definitely going to watch it uh, and all it's nice um did you say it was Netflix? Yes. So Yeah, Netflix. So 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 it's going to be the opposite. It's it's going it's not going to be a live action anime. It's going to be an anime from live action. That's from a comic. Mm. Cool. Yes. Up for that. Up for that. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Um next in the news, um something a little Disappointing to hear, but uh, I suppose we probably shouldn't be too surprised. But apparently, according to Bill Skarsgård himself, uh, he will not be reprising his role as Pennywise in the upcoming Welcome to Derry series. Um, he has stated that he is not involved um, in whatever form the show is going to take. Um, he even said... Um, during an interview, if someone else gets to do it, my advice would be do it your own, make it your own, have fun with it. What I found pleasurable about that character is how abstract he was. Mm. Um, yeah, very well said. Um, so as much as I'm disappointed in this news, because like I absolutely adored his take on Pennywise, um, you know, it stands easily next to Tim Curry, like as being just as iconic and absolutely terrifying um you know without being a, a an imitation of his of his performance um so i'm really kind of excited just for the opportunity it's now going to afford another actor to step in and give what they can to the role um their interpretation and how it's going to be similar or different um because I, I mean i think we've talked about this show before it's a prequel series um mm. to and it's and it's going to be directed by andy machete as well um who directed chapter one and two so there's going to be a continuity there so maybe i don't know how accurate it's going to be in terms of like what appearance pennywise will take on considering it's another another 30 years or 27 years or whatever it is before um the events of yeah, before the events of Chapter 1. Um, and because Pennywise is obviously shapeshifter, there's many opportunities for different aesthetics and different looks that they could do. Um, so that's also exciting. So, yeah, so it's it's a little bittersweet that he's not coming back, but um, I'm still kind of, yeah, curious and interested to see what form Pennywise will take when this show comes out. Um, 
Yeah, Mike, what about you? How are you feeling about this? Um, well, I'm a little bit bummed, bummed out but by it, but it's uh, but I can sort of see a workaround where um, the only people that uh, could actually see Pennywise for being the dancing clown was um, uh, the Losers Club uh, during the eight during the fifties. If we're going by book, but going by mm-hmm. movie, it's the eighties, uh, and it's still Pennywise when they're adults. So it sort of makes sense that 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 the um, the ultimate uh, scary evil is a dancing clown. And how, and I think what they're sort of dealing with with uh, Welcome to Derry is essentially Derry would be like the main character, and all these all this stuff is happening to uh, people within uh, Derry. So, and with that, it's it they can probably uh, play with it of saying, oh, there's there's an evil out there, but we don't know what it is, because. Uh, uh, there's multiple things. Um, I'm not sure, but um, Derry does come up every now and again in different uh, Stephen King books, like uh, Dreamcatcher is one, definitely. And they do make reference to, uh, in that book, it does make reference to the um, the events in Derry uh, with the Losers Club and, uh, as well. And here lies... Um, uh, Pennywise and there's uh, and someone graffitied uh, Pennywise lives and so there's a little secret Easter egg in that and yeah so if they if they tackle this with um, not knowing what the evil is but we all know it's uh, Pennywise or the or the 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 evil uh, space spider that has an ongoing battle with a giant turtle in cosmic space. Yeah, this is when Stephen King was high as fuck. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and they do make they they do make subtle Easter eggs in the movies of oh, there's a turtle, oh, there's a turtle, and and they wouldn't go full full um, cosmic co- uh, cosmic uh, out of body out of mind experience of <laughs> of them of them battling um, Pennywise. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird book. I, I would suggest read it once, just to get the idea. Mm. And but if it's going to be more of what the movie movie is is, um, I'm sure there's, um, I'm sure they're going to do like subtle image, image stuff to it. I mean, because you can because because Pennywise doesn't really look like Bill Skarsgård because he's got a big head. And, but he's not going to do the smile. So I think there's going to be subtle hints to the dancing clown, but not an actual full on him being the clown. It's going to be, it's going to be all the other stuff like, Mm. like a giant crow that we don't see. And it's always, it's always to do with um, a child's worst nightmare. And in it, um, in it, you got the wolf man, you got um, Frankenstein. It's all, all that. So, yeah, um, bit bummed, but not losing sleep over it because mm. scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, all all they'd need to do is uh, basically make 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 Pennywise look like the f- fucking woman from the painting in Chapter One, and uh, I will be terrified for life. Uh. <laughs> they could they could do a 
thing about that uh, as well. Like these bits and pieces. Yeah. I was, I was, slightly, yeah. I was slightly annoyed. Not to go off tangent, but in chapter two, I was slightly, uh, I was slightly annoyed that they actually ma- made the old woman into a CGI monster. It's like, oh, you could have, could have done something practical. Was, yeah, like that bit in the trailer was really good, and then they sort of, mm-hmm. sort of ruined it. Yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch um, chapter two because I've seen chapter one a bunch of times because mm. it's. You know, it's it's a fantastic movie. Um, chapter two is good, but it just for some reason it just the hype was too much. Yeah. Um, and it just it just didn't meet the expectations. And yeah, they'd made some decisions that were a bit questionable, I suppose. So. But as I yeah. said, I did appreciate the 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 call callback. Well, not callback, but the sort of, the the reference to the thing of um mm. the head turning into a spider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that that was great. Mm. Yeah, good shit. And good also, shit. And All also, right. Bill Hader was probably my my oh. favorite in that movie. Oh. Yeah, he was heartbreaking in that. Just amazing. Barry's coming out soon. Final season. Another thing. Barry, season three. Can't wait. Yeah, it's another show I need to watch. Another show to watch. Oh my god, too many. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, all right. We got one more thing in the news to talk about. Um, and that is probably the biggest no brainer of the year. Um, uh, or the biggest non shock of the year. Uh, basically, E3 has been cancelled once again. It's not happening. Um, why I say it's not shocking is because, well, the big three. We're not going to be there. Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft. We're going to have no presence on the floor uh, at E3 whatsoever. And uh, in the last week or so, there had been a bunch more gaming developers and studios being saying that they're not going to be there either. Um, so yeah, so basically ESA um, came out and released a statement uh, as to the reasons behind it, and they just said um, this was a difficult decision. Because of all the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. Sure. Uh, for those, yeah, sure. Uh, for those who did commit to E3 2023, we are sorry we can't put it on, uh, we can't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from Reed Pop's event experiences. Um, so apparently they are going to be working on future events, whether or not that means E3 will ever happen again. Um, who knows? I think, I think the pandemic killed it, to be honest. Um, cause we haven't had a proper E3 since 2019, mm. you know, the year that the year Keanu Reeves said, you're breathtaking. And thus a thousand memes were born. Yeah, no um, memes. No more memes. Yeah, no more great water. Um, yes, because they cancelled it in 2020, obviously, with COVID. 2021, there was a digital uh, event that took place, and that was okay, received okay-ish, I suppose. Uh, and then, yeah, they decided to not move, a, move ahead with it last year as well. So, um, And this was supposed to be the big return, but as, as soon as, yeah, all these massive studios announced that they weren't going to be attending, um, it's, yeah kind of backing them into a corner they couldn't get out of. So um, dis- disappointing, but not surprising, um, really, that it's not happening. So, yeah, 
Um, what do you make of this news, Mike? As someone who's obviously much more of a gamer than myself. Yeah, but not by much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, probably the writing on the walls, like everything, because we sort of talked about it when um, I think it was Sony uh, was pulling out. And we, mm. we were talking about well, they're sort of doing their own thing, especially after, uh, especially during the lockdowns, and Nintendo were doing like their directs every every so often, and people, mm-hmm. it's always a, a big thing when you when you're going for it, uh, looking forward to it, and yeah, it's just uh, at the moment um, with big expos, uh, expos, uh, they're they're sort of um, not. Uh, not within the favor. I mean, there's no uh, like. I think because Comic Con is such a big uh, powerhouse, uh, it's going to be very rare that uh, all the studios and everything is, is going to do their own thing. So Comic Con is safe for now. Mm. Um, yeah, for now. We're not going to get any fandoms anytime soon because the way no. things are going. But with like developers, their their main source of uh, uh, contact, um, main uh, outreach is the internet, and that's easy to to do because gamers are internet savvy. So so they're going to lean towards more of um, a virtual a virtual um, uh, not advertisement virtual. Announcement, a virtual announcement instead, mm. instead of instead of saying, "Hey, come down to the expose, like come out of your mum and dad's basement and go and go and do that." It's like, no, I want to play League of Legends and and have another tab of the announcement going on and and stuff like that. Where yeah, yeah, so it kind of makes sense. Um, probably the biggest thing that I am worried about. That uh, some indie developers are probably going to lose lose mm. some some sort of outreach as well. Uh, yeah, unfortunately for that. But I don't know. Word of mouth is still a thing, but nothing is um, helpful as being on the floor. It's like, hey, I got this new game. You want to play it? And yeah, unfortunately, probably that's the mm. big, biggest. Um, uh, kick to the backside is probably indie developers doing that. But yeah, absolutely. But you know, as I said, word of mouth, and it's like I'll oh, play this game online. And it's like it's got cryptocurrency, yay! Hopefully that will just <laughs> yay stop, just stop, just just stop. It's not viable. Just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Very good. I'm done. Okay. We're done. We're done. That's the nerdy news done. Uh, Which means it's time now to roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeehaw. Yes. It is time for trailer park. Uh, Three trailers. First trailer. Uh, is for the up. Yeah. That's the order. <laughs> the, the up. Yeah, that's the order. Um, 
the upcoming Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City. Um, <laughs> if you didn't know I, it was a Wes Anderson film, you can definitely <laughs> tell from the fucking trailer. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. He really just has, like, you're speaking of Edgar Wright having his own yeah. style, but, like, Wes Anderson is, is he's even more, like, I don't, I'm not, I don't, narrow is the wrong word, but he's very parallel. His style is very, par, yeah, par, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, yeah, lots of lines and everything's centered and like structured in a way that, like, like there were certain shots in this trailer where it looks like it's two shots, but it's actually one shot because of where the camera is and there's like a divider sort of thing going on, but it's not actually there. It's, yeah, clever little tricks. Um, but no, he has a very, very unique and distinguished aesthetic that he he implores in all of his movies, and um, yeah, I've only recently kind of started to get an appreciation for him over the last couple of years, um, having seen Grand Budapest Hotel and his last movie, um, The French Dispatch, which was very good. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. The cast is just stacked because again, it's Wes Anderson. That's another thing he does very well. He employs. Um, some very, very talented people. Um, a lot of them are recurring people, of course. Um, Jason Schwartzman is here mm. um, as well. Um, Scarlett Johansson uh, appearing live action for the first time. <laughs> she was a voice in Isle of Dogs, mm. and now she's going to be actually in this one. Um, yeah, and you've got Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, um, Maya Hawke. Um, a, yeah, just a bunch of, of, of fabulously talented performers. Um, and I'm really fascinated by whatever the story is because I couldn't really tell, but it, there's obviously a... It's very much a 1950s sci-fi sort of vibe um, and there may or may not be an alien uh, involved. I don't know, but it seems just like there's this little town that's got a, you know, had had an asteroid hit ground there and it kind of became a tourist attraction it seems and then now something else is happening um so yeah i don't know and i just love the way he writes dialogue too it's just very funny and very bland and dry but like it just hits in the right way um so very whimsical yes that's a good word for it nothing nothing naturalistic about this no, no, you do not. You do not come to Wes Anderson for naturalism or realism. Um, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I don't really have too much else to say other than it, it looks really, really good. I love the color palette of uh, the thing, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to check it out when it hits the cinema. Um, Mike, what did you make of this? Um, very interesting. Um, I've, I've been seeing this like a lot with. Uh, like nostalgia retro um, sci-fi, like like um, what do you think of sci-fi from the '60s? Like everything, everything sort of streamlined and 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 everything looks so bubbly and that that and doesn't have like the sort of gritty realism that the '70s used to do. Like like with um, Alien and that. Like everything's like like clean and pristine and and. And that sort of 60s sci-fi is uh, of hovering cars, but it's a, still looking like a Cadillac sort, sort of thing. And I kind of like the fact that he's sort of playing with, with that sort of aspect as well. And it just sort of fits with the West End Anderson sort of stylized 
um, cinematography as well, and, and the color scheme mm. and the and the and the and the dry wit, wit. and it, it's it, it's it's sort of like if West Anderson did uh, uh, the Dome or some, something like that, where where like an alien, a somewhat alien invasion happened, and 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 the um, and the government is just come in and like cut cut you off, and it's like we need need to make it, it's it's sort of a, a weird aspect. I've never seen probably like Isle of Dogs, but uh, I've never seen a Wes Anderson sci-fi, and mm. that sort of tickles me. It's like mm, interesting, very interesting. <laughs> mm, indeed. Yeah. And at last, some uh, people of color in a West Anderson film, because that's sort of a big <laughs> critique uh, uh, criticism that he has, because <laughs> yeah. very white mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in his film. Yeah. So indeed, good that he's taking notes. <laughs> yes. But yes, it is very a, lot, a lot of great people in it, and I also saw Margot Robbie in it. So Australia represents. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. We love that. Love it. And I love, love the, it. I love this sort of tidbit where um, uh, the reason why uh, Bill Murray uh, said yes to Garfield was because he saw um, uh, the name Anderson on one of the scripts. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a Wes Anderson thing. And then, and then it turned out to be something else. I was like, ah. Oh, Oh well. Well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Bill Murray because he was actually supposed to be in this movie, but um, he uh, got COVID, so yeah, he couldn't do it. Um, couldn't but, do it. So Steve Steve Carell replaced him. Yeah, and it uh, coming from Bill, and uh, if there's a West Anders thing, he he immediately says yes because I think yeah. Uh, you find you find your sort of soulmate with uh, with a director, and you can do whatever, uh, do what you need and want. Uh, good report. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm definitely a big fan of um, directors who use the same actors, um, or like have a rotating roster <laughs> of actors, like Wes Anderson does. I think that's I think it's really special. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's good. It's good. That and uh, Sam Raimi just putting. Bruce Campbell in anyway. Everything. Just yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> Just anywhere. Doing whatever he needs to do. <laughs> yeah. So when is this coming out? Well, Asteroid City will be landing in oh. cinemas on oh on the twenty second of June. This is my city. This is your city. This is my city now. My city now. Ah. Skyhook. All right. Skyhook. Um, that is not a Skyhook song I'm familiar with off the top of my head, unless I have to hear it. I do like Skyhook, so yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of the less knowns. Okay. I hope Very it's good. a Skyhook. Skyhook. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, oh shit, is it actually Skyhook? Yeah. Uh, Bear with me. Good times. Fact check. Fact check. Okay. All right. Fact check, and I'm gonna cough. Oh, then I'm gonna have to talk at the same time. Uh, okay. What I do is no. I go yes. on Google. <laughs> I'm back. Okay. <laughs> and you go on the Google. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. next trailer, please. 
Next trailer, please. All right, I will start um, with our second trailer for this week, and that is for an upcoming Amazon Prime uh, series. I'm guessing it's a limited series um, called Dead Ringers. This uh, is starring Rachel Weisz uh, playing identical twins. Um, not the first time she's done so, um, but this seems to be probably the most complicated uh, performance in terms of her doing that. But um, yeah, I think this is based on a book, this story. Uh, David Cronenberg, I believe, did an adaptation uh, back in the late 80s of this mm. story. So um, I haven't seen that, but it, you know, you hear David Cronenberg in as the director and you know kind of exactly what you're in for. It's got Jeremy um, Irons in it. Oh really? Yeah, as the as the main yeah. twins. <laughs> oh, as the twins. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so this trailer was very cool. I liked this trailer a lot. Uh, it might be my favorite of the three this week because um, it's the thing I think out of all three that I want to watch most. Um, yeah, Rachel Weisz is just a fucking powerhouse of talent. Um, and yeah, I, I will watch her do anything. Um, so I, I can't wait to see what she does with these two characters that she's playing. Um, I also really like just the, how unsettling a lot of it is. And you're kind of wondering what's really going on, um, with these twins and, and what they're trying to do. And they, you know, they seem to have this goal of, I don't know, making, birthing better for women um or something but they also seem to be going about like their own kind of artificial insemination uh it seems as well um meddling probably with the powers that be in the process um and there's just some sinister elements here as well so this is a bit of a thriller maybe borderline horror in some aspects um and it just looks really well made i like the aesthetic a lot like that the color the way the color of red is used in certain scenes and like when they're wearing their scrubs there, it's just like in this red color and it just, I love the, whatever filter they've got on, it just looks really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't have too much else to say apart from, yeah, I can't, I, I like, can't wait to watch this. It looks really good. Um, and yeah, I'm always here for like, uh, actors who get to play more than one version of themselves in a thing. Um, just cause from a performance standpoint, it's fascinating and, and brilliant to watch, but it's also really fun to kind of watch what practical effects are used and what visual effects are used in terms of actually executing it successfully. Um, so, and especially in television, that can be a little trickier cause they generally have smaller budgets than movies, but, um, but this, this has got Amazon money behind it. So mm. I imagine it's going to be pretty top notch in that department so um yeah i can't wait i'm excited uh what do you what did you think of dead ringers mike yeah um i watched this trailer and then uh i, I went down uh youtube and there was another trailer i thought oh what's this and i watched it i thought oh it's a it's a remake of uh, a Cronenberg movie and i watched it and it's got jeremy Irons. it's like oh sweet and then i watched a um what do you call it? A sort, a sort of a media essay on the first movie, and it definitely looks very interesting. It's it's got David Cronenberg in it, but it's 
it's not as horrific as as it can be like he he, he came off the uh, his previous movie was to fly and that was like it is what it is it was it's definitely got the body horror and everything and and in this and in this movie it it's dealing with like um uh like the issues of uh, of twins and how, how they sort of relate to each other and it's definitely like who's the evil twin and who's the good twin and the, and they they look the same but they're very very different it's also good for for a, a character actor to actually betray that sort of thing and also it was a a technical marvel as well of uh instead of having a split screen of a still camera they actually dealt with a movie uh a, a moving camera uh with different shots of the sa- same actor playing two roles so that this sort of helped towards uh that style of uh, filming if you're doing if you're doing that sort of uh split down the middle but still not and the split kept on moving on wherever it is mm. and so people couldn't really see see where the split is and technical marvel that that's pretty awesome and the and uh, it sort of paved the way to what what can be done now uh like i think it was like a year later because i think it was 88 the first one came out and yeah and then and then you had um uh back to the future where where um michael j fox was playing uh three people in the same scene and the camera mm. was still moving as well it's like wow that's that's fantastic and how, how they do it mm. all the way back to the 80s and yeah um and having a look at this trailer and there is the uh, gender swap and how that sort of relates to uh, what can happen uh, within mm. oh. sorry I've got I've got a fan people here um, anyway very loud background and I'm getting distracted so yeah uh, how the themes of this movie is going to be a, a, like some somewhat different because instead of a man do, uh, instead of a man like trying to trying to be god and and trying to benefit like a woman woman's pregnancy or anything like that i think they're going towards to a woman trying to help other women but at what cost of being god so you still got that frankenstein element within within trying trying to harness nature and nature like getting away from you and also the human psyche as well of of trying to like uh trying to do stuff like that human psyche of ha- having a twin and ha- how do they have a, a connection or not and and anxiety mm. as well yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i it definitely looks re- very interesting and it definitely has elements of the previous movie as well i think this is a series as well i'm not sure if they've... yeah this is yeah so this is going to be interesting as well interesting well if, if it's going to keep an audience's uh attention or not because i don't know if people would want to watch something as like like emotionally icky i definitely got the emotional icky f- from it it's like oh this is yeah but it looks intriguing at the same time and a bit worried about that but it 
definitely looks very interesting, and I'm, I'll definitely watch it because it's mm. it, it's a adaptation that looks interesting. I mean, if you're going to adapt something and do a carbon copy of it, make it interesting mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, even if it's a different different uh, medium from a movie to a television show. So when is this yeah. going to come out on Prime, Kendall? Yes, well, Dead Ringers will begin streaming on Amazon Prime on uh, the 21st of April. Nice. Yes, it's only three weeks away. Yeah, just in time for tax time. Just in time for tax time? Yeah. April Fool's. Ha <laughs> ha, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> got him. Got him. Got him. All right, we got one more trailer to discuss. Um, and that is for a movie called Master Gardener, mm. um, starring Joel Edgerton and uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, this this is interesting. Um, I don't know if it's a movie I'll watch, but it looks very well made and a very interesting kind of a story about like s- someone obviously who you know going through the military and is trying to you know was trying to reintegrate into society and looks like they may have become a bit of a hitman or something and now they're past all of that yes yes there's some unfortunate other elements to this story um (laughs) it seems um but um yeah and now he's you know at, at a point in his life where he's he's trying to leave all that behind but obviously it's gonna come up and bite him in the ass um and Joel Edgerton looks like he's giving a very fantastic performance as he is known to do in everything he's in. Um, so I'd be curious to see his performance in this. Um, my only gripe that I have, and it's a weird gripe to have because I haven't actually watched um, this movie, but this director, Paul, uh, Paul Schrader, um, his last movie was The Card Counter with Oscar Isaac. Um, and... The way Joel Edgerton has been, like, his his character in the, the present day with, like, the shaved sides and the comb over and, like, the, the, ho- the look he's he's got as this gardener looks so similar to Oscar Isaac's character in The Card Counter. I was like, what's, what's, what's this? What are we, mm. what are, what are we, do, what are we doing? Is this like the uh, unofficial sequel to the card counter? Maybe I don't know, because <laughs> apparently the premise of that is a little bit similar. Because I think he he plays a, a hitman in that Oscar Isaac. I haven't watched it yet. I, it's been on my list for ages, but I haven't gotten around to it. Um, but yeah, so I found that really it kind of struck me a little bit. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's a good movie, just maybe not exactly my kind of movie but uh you know if someone says do you want to watch this i'll be like yeah sure let's you know i mean i'll watch anything so um <laughs> i got some time knows? to kill yeah um and plus sigourney weaver is always wonderful so yeah um good to see her in this too um yeah mike what did you think um yeah it's sort of uh, a theme that we have this podcast where uh, directors and writers having their own sort of style, and if and with Paul Schaefer, this definitely has like bits and pieces of what he's been dealing with uh, for the majority of his career, like the sort of uh, lonely man, sort of uh, reconciling with uh, something, 
and because mm. he also did like um uh, sitting bull and well he wrote sitting bull raging bull uh, raging bull sitting bull yeah that's something else and taxi driver as well and the sort sort of mm. like the duality of man of of like masculinity uh but being vulnerable at the same time and definitely has that sort sort of take that he has of um ooh. and in this one it's sort of like um how it, it's almost like a sequel to uh, Taxi Driver, where mm. a guy—well, probably not the ending of Taxi Driver—but the a guy like falling into sort of um, extremism and and everything, and this is sort of like someone trying to get out of that life and and extremism as well, like and mm. something that can be related like today especially with the uprising of the like the alt-right and all, and all that stuff is like how do we mm. how, how do you get out of that sort of uh, mindset of you you just living living like your life of hate and uh, of a fellow man and how how to rehabilitate yourself and the easiest way of going back to nature and that's what the gardening is so i kind of like the sort of themes that they're dealing with but yeah, it's definitely not one of their movies that I would like jump jump towards. It's definitely I de- definitely need a lot of mental preparedness because me being a man, of course, I don't see myself in it because I am who I am. But mm. it's definitely icky. It's definitely icky because it's de- dealing with like a racist trying not to be racist. Hmm. Mm. And Joel Edgerton, of course. <laughs> ben. Uncle Ben. Uh, Uncle Ben. Younger uh, Uncle Ben. And... No, Ed- Owen. Owen. Owen? Uncle Owen. Whatever, they both die. Both uncles die. <laughs> to further the plot of the of the main guy. Whatever. He's the... Yeah. He's the he's Star Wars Uncle Ben. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, can't, you can't have a... You can't have... You can't have an origin story without without um, uh, a figure, parenting figure dying. Apparently, good trope, um, and not mm-hmm. harmful at all. Uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, definitely has those sort of elements that that Paul Schaefer has. So yeah, when is this coming out, Kendall? Uh, well, Master Gardener doesn't have an Australian release date just yet, but uh, if you're in the US, you can check it out on the 19th of May. Wow. And to answer to well, my question, indeed. yes, it was a Skyhook song. Hey, good to know. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Okay. Uh, with Trailer Park done, we're rolling on out and right into a quickie review. Do I have it? Yes. Quickie review. Yeah. All right. Quickie review time, which means we are here, of course, to discuss our thoughts on this week's episode of The Mandalorian. Do, 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 do. Yes. Um, cool. So, um, potentially the best episode of the season so, so far. far um so so far um 
Uh, I yeah, no, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Um, like it was good to kind of see things starting to get paid off a mm. little bit. Like certain plot threads starting to connect. Um, you know, we finally went back to Navarro and um had the you know the swamp thing guy. I've forgotten his name already. Um, <laughs> and and all the, those pirates man uh, thing take over and swamp thing man thing. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Creature from the Black Lagoon, covered in kelp. Um, yes. So you know, we had them take come back to Navarro and try and take over, uh, the the place and grief Karga, um, sending out a distress, you know, because he has no marshal, um, at the moment, and uh, you know, Mando's not there, and so he's he, he's like, we need to get a hold of someone in the New Republic to help us, and then um, we get the return of of Captain Teva, which was a, a welcome one. I really like his character. Um, and then, of course, we had the uh, appearance of, um, I've forgotten his name already too. I'm good, good with names this week. But the, the character, uh, the alien character from Star Wars Rebels that the internet lost its shit over, um, which was which was very exciting. I should bring up the name of the, the character um, because the really cool thing about his character that I found out because I haven't seen Rebels at all. Um, I've seen none of it. You should. But, um, yeah, I will. No, I will. You got some homework I, to do I've... before Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> I know. None of Ahsoka will make any sense. Um, but yeah. Uh, where is his? Where is his bloody name? I'm just looking through the. No, it's not in the credits for some reason. That's weird. It was. Oh wait, Zeb. Zeb, there we go. Yeah, Zeb. Um, Zeb, voiced by Steve Bloom, um, also in Rebels as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently, apparently he's canonically gay. This character, mm. like he has a he has a male partner, and and apparently Rebels they, they go off to start a family or something. I think is what I read, uh, unless I'm taking that out of context. But but yeah, um, I think that's super awesome. Uh, obviously, so that was that was nice, and um, and then also you know we get some more payoff New Republic wise when Tiva goes to try and plead Grief Karga's case, and we we have um, Tim Meadows' introduction to the Star Wars universe. Um, that was that was cool as Colonel Tuttle. Apparently, he was a bit of a dick mm. um, bureaucrat, uh, but uh, bureauc- absolutely bureaucratic bullshit in this episode. Doesn't matter um, if you're the I... New Republic or, or or the Empire; it's still bureaucratic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, this is kind of diverging a lot from the Legends stuff. Where, like, one of my friends told me that in the Legends, like, the New Republic is very much more. It's still the rebels; they're the good guys. You know, there's none of this bullshit. But now, in canon, they've the Disney canon, they've changed it to make them a bit more fishy um which i suppose makes for better conflict um in that sense um and then of course yeah we had um katie o'brien's earlier kane return um she's a very interesting character um i like i like it i like her uh and yeah no it was some good action with you know all the all the the Mandalorians um, coming to to Navarro to save the day. I really enjoyed that, and um, such a great. I sequence. think my f- yeah, it's awesome. Very well staged action 
um, in this episode. I really love that shot of all of, like it was in the trailer, but that shot of all of them flying down on the, their jetpacks over the city uh, is a very cool shot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And freaking um, Paz Vizsla is just a badass. Mm. And, the, and the armorer, both of them. They were just taking out peeps left, right, and center. And I was, I was very impressed. Um, and one final thing I'll say before I throw over to you, Mike, um, is I, it's becoming the Bo-Katan show now. I think that's clear. She's starting to kind of become the, um, focus of the story. And maybe she's actually going to be this prophesized person to bring the two sides of Mandalore together. Um, and I'm okay with that. I don't mind. It's just hilarious to me that the armorer would be like, Ah, Din, you took your helmet off. Fuck you. You got to go bathe in the living waters. And then this episode, she's all like, Bo-Katan, take off your helmet. Because, you know, you, you, walk, you, walk, you walk both ways, so you get to take off your helmet. And I'm just like imagining Din just going, Bitch, you made me fly all the way to Mandalore, bathed in the waters, nearly died for this, and now she can just walk around with her helmet off. I just, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, but Bo-Katan <laughs> also bathed, and she saw the metasaur. And she didn't. She did. She, she didn't did. take off her helmet until till then. Oh, I know. And what was uh, what's the title of the show again? This episode's called "The Pirate." No, no, no. What's the title of the entire show? Oh, the entire show. It's called "The Mandalorian." Who's that? Not Din. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Din. Yeah, I. That's. I really like how. The, the title of the show itself is a misdirect. Like, we all thought it, like, it, and, or even maybe it's a title that just, it changes to suit whatever storyline is going on. Because, like, season one, it's it's Mando, it's Din, yeah. but then it kind of becomes Grogu because then, like, in season two, Grogu kind of, and then into the Book of Boba Fett, obviously, having to make that choice between being a Jedi or being a Mandalorian. And so it, you could say it's about Grogu, and then now we're at a point where it's like, oh, it's actually Bo-Katan, so... Yeah, I think that's cool. Or it this could still funny. be Din, because I'm I'm still think, thinking yeah. because um, uh, still still to do with the dark saber in that, and how yeah, it, uh, Bo as uh, still has that relationship. It's like oh, I've got to win the, the dark saber. So it's still mm. still in between these two, and. And yeah, so I, I still think it's like a Game of Thrones sort of thing. It's like, well, everyone's leading towards Bo-Katan, and at the end of this uh, end of this episode, you can sort of see like we're go- going to get get to see more uh, more families, more clans of the Mandalorians, and they're all coming together. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, you haven't got the dark lightsaber. This guy does. As so I should, shouldn't we follow him? It's like and. Cause Din being the Jon Snow that he is, is like I don't want it, even though I'm the rightful, yeah, <laughs> rightful like owner. And yeah, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't like, and it's still within the sort of Mandalorian story, and mm-hmm. yeah, and just the added little tidbits as well. So, um, I kind of like the fact that you don't have to watch all of the episodes of um, uh, 
of uh, the Clone Wars that's got Bogatan in it to actually get it. I can sort mm. you can sort of just watch it as it is. Uh, I was thinking maybe they all won't, maybe they won't do that because they know that a lot of people haven't watched it because it is a kids show after all. After all, but it's mm. needs to go back to Din sometimes a lot more. Yeah. 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 That's 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 I think the one biggest worry some people, people are having mm. is the fact that Din is not seemingly the main character really anymore. At this point, well, you need to like build other characters up to actually compete mm. compete with the main guy because we've we've seen where he he's coming from and his sort of relationship yeah. between these characters, and I think it's just building towards that. It's just going to be a it's going to be a power struggle and maybe hopefully not another civil war between the Mandalorians. Yeah, hopefully not. But hopefully yeah. not. But. And also, and also the background of how how, how the uh, first order actually becomes what it is, because a lot of people mm. are going, well, you know, you you could have helped us, but you didn't. But you haven't signed the you haven't signed the dotted line yet. It's like, oh my god, mm. you're, you're, yeah, yes, you're, you're sowing the seeds. Of a rebellion for mm-hmm. the rebellion, and people are going to lean more into into. It's like, well, we're going to do our own thing, and then new order comes, where people are going to prey on people's grievances and also fears, and also, and it's all political shit. And yeah, yep, and yeah, yep, and Tim Meadows, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. And also uh, that scene where they're on uh, with the rogue squadron, it's really cool. Mm. Did you spot mm. any cameos in it? I didn't spot them initially, but I uh, did see uh, uh, after I, when I was scrolling through the internet uh, that there were some certain directors and creators of this show mm. in in that scene. <laughs> Very cool. And Dave Filoni wearing a hat. Dave, yeah, oh, what a shock. What twist of the century. <laughs> We're never going to see uh-huh. the top of his head. Never, never. Never. No, because there's a, um, oh, well, I want to make the joke, but I can't remember the name of the Rekakuni re- underneath it. <laughs> making yeah. all this, making making all the Star Wars tick. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's really um, Rocket Raccoon. It's like, yeah, I'm in control. Uh, yeah. A lot of people thought yeah, that damn. Guardians of the Galaxy was like the Star Wars for the MCU. Well, it is. <laughs> and also Zap. Oh, what's his name? Sorry. Zed? Zed. Zap. Zap Bradigan. Uh, <laughs> uh, his character coming. Um, he's, he, like, I was worried that if they were going to do something like that, that they were going to do, like, uh, everything practical. But it looks like they're, they're just going to be a CGI character. And he looks really mm-hmm. good. He did, yeah. And a lot of people are saying, well, the reason why he's good is they didn't outsource the the uh, special effects and the CGI. It's all done in-house. It's all LucasArts. Mm. So mm-hmm. they actually did it. So mm. Marvel, 
Mm, maybe do a Lucasfilm. Mm. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe ask. Cause maybe that'd be better for you. Because they know how to do. They don't know how to do the mixture between practical and 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 physical and 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 all that. And he just looks great. And mm. in the in the cartoon, he is a weird looking character. Like, yeah. Essentially, he was the original um, artwork for Chewbacca, all the way back when. Oh. Like, like that sort of look. It's like it's like mm-hmm. those robots in Mandalorian as well, as sort of like the original artwork for C three PO as well. Uh, I can't remember yeah. the, the artist's name, but there's uh, there's a lot of like nods to his work, who did the original concept art for uh, Star Wars: New Hope, uh, all, all throughout. Uh, yeah. I know his name. Yeah, and and I I really like the fact that they're actually going back. Uh, they're actually doing that as well, where they're. They're, they're sort of um, harking back to um, original concept art, and it's really great. Mm. And his yeah, name? Ra- Ralph, Ralph Macquarie. Wa- Ralph, 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 Ralph. Or is it Rafe? Yeah, it could be R- Rafe, Ray. <laughs> yes, Macquarie. Yes, yeah, yes. So Very good, talented. Good episode. Ten out of ten. Would recommend. Hell yes. Yes, very good stuff. Yes, and also um, the subtle hint of um, uh, 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 oh, what's her name? Dune, Cara Dune, Cara Dune, Cara Dune. Cara... The su- the subtle hint know. that he uh, she's dead as well. Um, I I missed that. What? Where was that hint? Well, in the first episode, uh, uh. uh they said that she's being uh she's she's in, she's like looking after Mod, moth gideon and searching him and that was his mm. and that was his uh oh i forgot a bit oh i yeah. forgot about that part so and uh, maybe she's dead so maybe she's dead we don't see we see a couple of bodies but we don't see faces so is that subtle? It's pretty subtle. I for, I forgot about that. I I need to get. I have I have one more gripe then, um, because yeah. I just I don't like how ham fisted it is. Like the fact that we would literally get like Moff Gideon hasn't been mentioned since the end of season two, right? Mm. And then we finally get mention of him in this scene where Tiva's gone to you know beg Tim Meadows to help uh, Navarro. And they talk about how, you know, there's rumours that Moff Gideon never made it to the prison, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, or to his he- hearing or whatever. And then just coincidentally, at the end of the episode, we get a little tease of the fact that he didn't, in fact, make it to where he was supposed to go. And I'm just like... <sighs> are you saying that... lazy. Are you saying that Star Wars hasn't done any, you know... Oh, that was convenient. The whole thing is yeah, settled for convenience. Like, you know, the first sort of thing of C-3PO and R2-D2 in a pod, like going to Tatooine, and there was one guy, one guy saying, hold your fire. <laughs> convenient? Yeah, that's different. Oh, is it different? I 
think so. I don't know. This just seems a bit too convenient. No, that's. <laughs> it's just. Well, maybe convenience not the right word. I don't know. I just didn't really like it. I just yeah. thought it was a bit too. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. of course. Yeah, we like, know that. I don't know. Do 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 better. <laughs> but I like I like the fact that there's a bit of you know, um, bit of bit of Ridley Scott in Star Wars, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of alien in Star Wars. Yeah, hell yeah. Like seeing yeah, into, seeing into a sunken ship and what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's a trope I am here for. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough. Um, that's enough. That's enough of that. That's enough because it's time for the main event. Ooh, the moment. Yes. The section. Aha. The part, the place, the spot in the show we like to call Popcorn Culture in two parts. Yeah. Two parts. Because we have a two-part episode to round up our discussions of The Bad Batch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Half an hour each. Yeah. Half yeah. an hour each. Now. Yeah. Um... Down. So, um, yeah, so this is going to be our discussion on the last two episodes of Season 2. Uh, episode 15 is The Summit, and Episode 16 is Plan 99. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say that this season of The Bad Batch is better than Season 1. Mm. Um, by, a, by a mile, I think. Um I have loved so much of this season. It's so well executed and written. This is the Star Wars that I'm really here for. Like, this is just, I don't know, like, it's a ki- it's, it's, it's supposed to be a kid's show. It's a family show. But it's the, the shit they're doing in this is just ridiculously good. And it all kind of came to a head very nicely in these last two episodes. Because, um, yeah, basically they're, you know, they find out that... Um, Hemlock, Dr. Hemlock is going to be uh, at this summit uh, um, uh, at, doc- uh, at, at uh, Tarkin, um, Tarkin's home. Tarkin's Tarkin. place. Tarkin's place. He's having a party. Um, and so because they can't obviously find the location of where all the clones are being kept, including Crosshair, as they are made aware of last week, um, they are like, well, we need to intercept him so we can, uh, you know, go save our, our brethren. And put a stop to whatever experiments he's doing on them. So, mm. um, yeah, it was a it was a really good action packed episode um, that moved very well. And yeah, uh, and then I think you know we'll start start it off light by just talking about how um, clearly Fee Genoa might be into tech. <laughs> <laughs> well, if last episode went on by, it was a bit flirty flirty back then. Yeah, yeah, there has been a little bit of flirty, flirty from her, um, but this was this pretty was much the confirmation. This was like, what, are you going to leave me without a good nut, goodbye kiss? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I love that. I love their entire exchange. Like, so you were going to leave without saying goodbye? That is correct. <laughs> Do you require a briefing? <laughs> a debriefing. Uh, debriefing. Mm. See you around, brown eyes. She says. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that was that was that was really cool. Um, yeah, 
Um, and just nice to, to see her one last time, I suppose. Um, she's definitely grown on me. I wasn't sure about her when we first met her, but I think now I'm okay with Fee Genoa. Um, I think I'm all right with her. What, what, what did you make of, of this, Mike and, and Fee in general? Yeah, um, it was cute. Uh, I, I, I can't lie. It was, it was just cute. Um, just, yeah, and having a character like Tech, Tech just being oblivious is just, I don't mm. know, it's just always fun. Just, mm-hmm. just someone not getting cues. <laughs> and, yeah, and looking back in hindsight, it's like, yeah, this is writing on the wall. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, yeah, she's, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, I like, I like the, um, I like the fact that she is a character that that hopefully we'll we'll see next time in in season three, and I uh, don't mind that. But it's going to be a bit of harrowing when we next see her. But yeah, yeah, she was a good character overall, uh, all throughout hmm. the se- season, um, and definitely with the with the subtle and the not so subtle um, uh, takes of Indiana Jones as well of her being being a it belongs in a museum sort of thing but without being in a museum it's just taking um cultural artifacts for people who who are destitute and they go to space mykonos and yeah um really really enjoyed her character mm, yeah she was she was quite good and hopefully um, set up for a live action version as well yeah that would be great i would really like to see her in a live action uh way However, they could pull that off. It'd be nice. Like she, um, like Wanda Sykes probably could play her like in the Mando timeline verse, like mm. after everything else in between. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, definitely, she could. Yeah, I could totally see that. That would be that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. So you know, they're heading to heading to Tarkin's home base and uh, trying to you know stop. Catch him, catch a uh, body hemlock. Where do you live? Short, where are they? Short circuit of death. Yes, where are they? Um, where I couldn't are the shake the nag. <laughs> I couldn't shake the nagging sensation that it, they were walking into a trap for some reason, because the Empire always somehow seems to be five steps ahead of 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 your heroes at almost any given time. Um, that kind of didn't really work out to be true, but no. um. But I, but I was I so I was thankful for that. At the same time, you know, it was wasn't surprising to to see that um, the Bad Batch were, you know, they weren't the only ones there trying to um, carry out a mission. Um, yeah, didn't expect. Yeah. Him. No, no. So Saul Guerrero shows up um, in this, and uh, yeah, I, I it had me trying to figure out the timeline of this because this is after. After Revenge of the Sith, but before A New Hope, which so is so is Rogue One, but mm. uh, Rogue One is tacked on to the start of A New Hope. So, like, is there? It's like tw- is it like tw- it's like twenty years, isn't it? Like fifteen, twenty years between it depends Revenge how of the Sith and Luke A New is, Hope. Really? In yeah, New true. Hope. Isn't he like? Yeah, I don't know, twenty-one or something, something like that. So yeah, yeah, got to be roughly twenty years. So and yeah, he also got Andor to contend with as well. Like, and I'm thinking yeah. that's 
before. So only in a couple of years he will turn into uh, Saul Guerrero as, yeah, live action. Sha- yeah, shaved well, I head, feel like... Shaved head and, and being on a respirator. So some shit went down. Yeah, well, that's it. Because, yeah, he doesn't... In this, he doesn't really look like the Forrest Whitaker version of the character we've seen in live action. No. Um, no. But then again, you know, this is... Bad Batch is taking place, I think, yeah, like a year or two, after, like within the after aftermath of or Order 66. But he does... Uh, not to spoil it or anything, but yeah, he does turn up in um, uh, Rebels as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it depends on that on the timeline as well. Jeez. It's like looking at an in- incomplete puzzle. Just, Indeed. Uh, just the yes. outside is done and just bits and pieces in the middle. It's not done yet. Yeah. No, it's a work in progress. Um. Yeah, but no, it was it was kind of a nice foil, I suppose, for the batch and their mission. Um, this week, you know, like I, I kind of like, and they did this in Andor as well. But obviously, the the fact that Saul Guerrero is much more of a radical in terms of the type of rebel that he is, um, and Amethyst. yeah, likes yeah. likes to use violence um, as opposed to kind of you know um, a more <laughs> subtle approach, yeah. I guess. I woke up today um, and chose violence. Yeah. Essentially. So I kind of like how that, like that discussion that took place between those of the batch that ran into him um, being like, well, well, no, you can't destroy the base because you're a, you're going to miss out on vital information that you might need. And B our, you know, our brothers are dying. They're being held prisoner. We need to save them. And so it's just like, no, 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 greater picture greater picture here let's 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 kind of widen our scope here which he kind of does have a point on i guess but in the scheme of things and yeah, the point of view kind of, yeah, from a certain point, point of view, of view yeah. yeah so i really like i really liked that um discussion as well i thought that was really really cool um yeah but then i think my other favorite thing about this episode i really liked was the fact that um no, no, at sitting at that at that summit was none other than Orson Krennic, um, which I, I mean, I'm sure you did too, Mike, but I spotted him immediately because like, I'm like, yeah, oh, he he looks like Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah, I was um, I, I was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yeah. he did one line. All done. Yeah, it was. Was it? It sounded like it sounded like Mendo. Was it? Him? Oh, it was him. Uh, I, I even checked on ah. the um, credits. It's like, was that him? It's like, yes. Oh, good. Did your research? That's good. Good, <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'd be pretty easy to get him to say one line of dialogue. So obviously, um, honestly, I'm glad he's going to be back for Endor Two. Honestly. Yeah. It has honestly. 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 <laughs> Yes, you can't yes, just, definitely. Just get him to do one line, and that's it. It's like, hey, yeah, no, he's, he's probably doing stuff right now. It's like, hey, while you're here, uh, can you just say this line? Thanks. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks so much. Now, um, do you scroll? Yeah, thing? that was. Yeah, do you? Yeah, go back to being a scroll. Um, yeah, I really, I really liked, I really liked that 
uh, that was a nice kind of bit of world building, I suppose, um, if you want to call it that. But mm. yeah, it makes obviously makes perfect sense for him to be there. Um, and uh, yeah, and the fact that Tarkin referred to something by the name of Project Stardust, which I'm sure is just you know the code name for the Death Star. I think um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because at this point would have been around the time that um, the the beginning of Rogue One takes place, where where Krennic comes to take away um, Maz Mikkelsen's character. I've forgotten his name. Um, Maz. Yeah, so they can Maz, so they can work on the um, Death Star. So He's yeah, like, hey, I got um, a guy that's working on the plans right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. Am I? Yeah, not gonna call the cops. Am I? Am I? <laughs> oh, chills <laughs> now that I've seen that I just get chills <laughs> mate yeah. mate are we alright mate are we mate <laughs> got a so death star plans in an R2 it's unit project mate. stardust mate yeah project stardust yeah mate <laughs> anyway oh so good yes um yeah um and I suppose, yeah, just, you know, the rest of the episode just is, is it's, a, it's a lot of action um, as the Batch is kind of, you know, going through trying to, you know, secure a homing beacon onto Hemlock's ship so they can track him, um, which, of course, you know, doesn't work because Saw Gerrera's um, mm. thermal detonators go off and kind of explode most of the, uh, the base, which Tarkin does not look very happy about. Most um, Understandably, yes. Mostly, and then we're left on just an insane cliffhanger, or should I just call it a hanger now? Yeah. Literally, um, yeah, um, yeah. It was great. What did you? Yeah. Do you have any other uh, thoughts on on the summit before we move on to the final episode? Um. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the fact that um. It's it's great that we sort of knew that it was going to be a, a semi two parter because it was going to be released at the same time, and yeah. I was sort of expecting something like a cliffhanger. It's like oh yeah, because <laughs> if you can, can you imagine if they did like a cliffhanger something like that, and we had the wait mm. a week? It's like no, it was worse than when they were got marooned. Like, yeah, we have to wait. And Sid's being a annoying person. We'll get to that later. But we will. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I just I was really pumped for it. It's like, yeah, how are the bad batch going to get out of this one? Sort of thing. It's like, yeah, I don't have to wait. Mm. And then yeah, um, yeah, just all the callbacks to to bits and pieces and how that puzzle is getting bigger and bigger, and how it's all connected. In the great circle of life, uh, mm. James L. Jones. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. like this episode. On to the next episode. Yeah. Yes, I have one quick thing I just wanted to mention. I do. I did kind of find it interesting that they're still kind of keeping mum about whatever Hemlock is up to. Because I thought at this summit it was going to be the moment where we'll be like, right, what's What's the plan here? What are we doing? What are we trying to achieve? Um, but they're still being like, no, nah, we're just going to be like, it's the emperor. It's, it's his, he wants this thing done and all this money spent and blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, yeah. you know, apparently possible to achieve whatever, whatever they're, you know, trying to do. Um, 
But uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I suppose we all kind of know what, what they're getting at. So maybe they don't have to say it, but I don't know. I want them to say it. <laughs> no, I want to keep it ambivalent. So, so, yeah. so we won't know because we know, we know Palpatine returned somehow. Uh, and we're still somehow. learning about the somehow. And, it, and this is like the first failed attempt, really. It's not until later on with Grogu, maybe, and yeah, Moff Gideon and all and all that, all that stuff. So this is sort of like the plans that were uh, ahead, but they they don't get there yet, unless they do, mm. and it's a big curveball. And then, otherwise, what what's the point of Grogu in that? So it's already set up to fail, but it's still interesting. Still interesting, yeah. So I kind of yeah, like I kind of like the fact that um, we're we're not there yet, and it's just all tender hooks. Because sometimes when you're doing like the J.J. Abrams mystery box, sometimes what's in the box is disappointing. It's like, oh, is that it? Okay, just leave the mystery. Mystery is always fun. Yeah, yeah, and true. Th- and I can, mean, speculating is fun. And then you can put your own thing in. And it's like, yeah, I got this idea. It's like, oh, I got this idea too. And then you plan ahead and then it turns into a novel that gets retcon later on <laughs> yes legends true and I, li- um, and I like the fact legends and not to go back to mandalorian but i like the fact that they use they use the term legends in it because mm. essentially the mythosaur is part of the legends canon of star wars as so i thought that was legend it's like well it's real now thrawn is coming back baby Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I can't wait for that. All right. Let's pull the band-aid off. Rip. Let's do Yeah. Let's do the uh the last episode of season two, uh Plan ninety-nine. Um and mm. this this whole s- sequence, the way it went down with the tra- with the train is fucking brilliant. Mm. Like I was gasping and, you know, on the edge of my seat and just like, you know, yelling at the TV like that. Like it was, it was so well done. Like the way that they built the tension and kind of carried that through the entire scene um, to the point where like they really made you go, uh, what's going to happen? How are they going to get out of this one? Because, you know, we know they're going to get out of it, right? Um, Which makes what happens even more devastating because it's mm. like, oh shit, maybe they're not going to get out of this. Um, yeah. When have we ever followed orders? Jesus Christ. Um, heck, I don't think he's dead. I'll just say that now. No, I don't think so. So I don't, so I don't get emotional because uh, I cried. And I got it was, reasons. It was very, yeah. And we will get into that, um, at the end, I think, um, or now or whenever, but it will get to it. Um, yeah, but no, I cried watching this because it was just like, you know, the kind of the character arc for him this whole season has been about, you know, reconciling the way he was kind of made versus the way he needs to be mm. um, and and how the following of orders kind of dictates what side of that he falls on. Um, 
And yeah, and he grew so much as a character this season. So for them to decide to be like, we're going to quote unquote, kill him off. Um, wow. And for him to say that, and I, you know, and I think we, we, you, you kind of knew it was coming. I think that in the last like couple of minutes, cause it's just like, well, shit, if he doesn't let go, they're all going to die. Right. Like they're all going to fall. Um, but just the way it played out with like, you know, him telling Rekka to just, you know, you guys need to like plan. So I'm guessing plan 99 must mean like, you know, the group must come first before the, the greater good or something, a greater good sort of thing. So yeah, just, but that, the way it played out with like him, him saying that line and then, you know, and firing the shot to like release him and then, the reaction from Omega, the reaction from Rekka, and and then the train just zooming off um, as fast as it did to get to the point where it just crashed through the other side because they couldn't slow it down. And then just, I mean, yeah, it was an emotionally devastating sequence to watch. Just Omega's reaction ruined me. Like, holy crap. Um, and I kind of liked how it switched to her perspective as well after she's waking up from the crash yeah. and it's saving, just all her, it's all her POV. The saving private Ryan, uh, bit thing. Yeah. Where, yeah, it was, um, yeah. Where there's ringing in the ears and, and just muffle. It's just, it's effective. Yeah. It's really effective. It's super effective. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just, you know, when she wakes up again later on is like, you know, we and have to go back for him. We can't. Yeah, and re- yeah, having it hit her all over again, realizing mm. that he's gone, and then de- and just desperately begging them to to go back and save him. And they're like, "Well, we can't. Like, he's not. He fell. Like, there's you know, there's not going to be anything to save. Really, is what they're thinking. Um, but yeah, it was just it was heartbreaking. It was devastating. It was perfectly executed uh, from top to bottom. The music was stunning as usual kevin kiner does not need to go this hard but he does i feel like he needs to uh if they make more star wars movies he needs to be the guy mm. sorry ludwig goranson you fucking kevin kiner is your man um he's he's a, he's doing a very good job of like doing the john williams thing without being john williams yeah and also like doing different so, genres as well like all throughout yes it, that dictate like what Absolutely. the episodes are like Mm-hmm. Like all all these different sort of high tech sort sort of things, as well as being very melodramatic as well. Well, especially in this episode, where it it just just the gut punch and the and the th- theme that actually goes with it is just top notch and and chef's kiss and cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it was just yeah, ripped my heart from my chest. Um, Mike, how how did this all? wash over you yeah i didn't i didn't pick it like if they were going to do okay. something like this or not like I, yeah like i could sort of see what they would that what they were doing with um uh crosshair as well like i like mm. as i said like m- m- a couple of weeks ago well i i was expecting them to like well maybe Maybe him like doing that sort of arc and dying at the end of that is like oh it's sort of fitting, and then there's oh there's a lot more, lot more things that we're going to do. So and he's going to be up until the next season, so that's going to be interesting. 
but with tech, I should <laughs> silly silly person. You should you should have saw this coming a mile off as they were building building his character up just to do something like this. And yeah, it was just heartbreaking and just and the fir- first member of the family like like dying essentially like mm. and just the emotional toll that it has for Omega as well like she was really upset when Echo left and how she, and her like coming to terms with um uh, another a uh, of like essentially a family member and a family member dying is like ha- something that she's never really experienced and she's experiencing it for the first time and mm. and I ask why am I seeing a little girl cry over a parenting figure dying or getting hurt again? Can I can mm. stop the bus? I want to get off. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, mm. and just and just her learning it for the second time. Just and Hunter there just explaining it to us. Well. It's, this is what soldiers do, really. It's like we're not soldiers; we're human beings. I'm not a number; I'm a human being, and that just plays all throughout this entire season. Of they, they are clones. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were built for war, but they are still alive. And I love the fact that this show does a whole lot, a whole better job of realizing what is what is life for cloning then fall of then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom I absolutely yeah. hated that ending <laughs> oh, me too. If, they're, if I'm alive they're alive fuck you you little girl <laughs> god damn yeah. it yeah and and I yeah and I cried I, I did I was I was just upset but and funny mm-hmm. enough I had to pause the pause the episode because Sammy came home uh, from shopping and 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 I had to help her. It's like, well, why are you crying? It's like, and she she was really upset. It's like, well, what what are you why are you crying? Something happened. It's like, yeah, it's all right. It's a TV show. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> you're crying at a TV show. It's like, yeah. What's worse, it's a kid show. <laughs> so <laughs> real life really dug its heels in. It's like, yeah, I'm crying at. A, Child's TV show. Why? Mm. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, just if we're gonna go continue on with uh, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Wrecker, it's like, oh, just Wrecker's just wrecked, really. If yeah. You're, if you're doing going through like a child's child's first introduction to death like Re- Rick is sort of the same thing he doesn't know what to do with himself so he gets drunk <laughs> or tries yeah uh, or tries yeah know. it's he has to drink a lot of alcohol to get drunk for that hmm. but it's not really alcohol yeah, because of the kitchen and yeah shall we talk about the the leaf that turned the leaf that turned. Mm. You were talking about um, a certain green individual mm. Mm. that we all knew you saw coming. Yes, anyway. yes. So after the events of uh, you know losing tech, um, you know they decide to go 
back to Ordmentel where they can probably get treatment for Omega because she seems to be the mo- one most affected by um, the blast when they crashed. Um, and and yeah, and then you know we find out that uh, the Empire has arrived, and and comms are jammed, and and things start to fall apart. And you have that scene with Sid and and Ricker at the bar, and and I and I literally I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, yeah, why it's you, why happened? You, why why are you side eyeing Wrecker at this present time and looking miserable? Yeah, yeah, she felt very guilty, didn't she? Good, um, but she had she, good. Yeah, I know guilty. she should. She absolutely should. Um, but the fact that. Yeah, she decided, like, she even said it was a tough choice. But I'm like, yeah, but don't. Ah, yeah. She's like, I had to choose between my livelihood and you guys, and I chose my livelihood, essentially. Um, but, yeah, we, I, we've talked about it all season long. This was, this was coming. We knew this was coming. It mm. wasn't a surprise. But it, was, but it was still done very well, and it still hurt yeah. to see Sid betray them this way. Um. So, yeah, especially after the gut punch of losing tech, and now it's like, oh, oh okay, now now we're really fucked. Nowhere is um, safe. Yeah, nowhere is safe. So, especially, yeah. Especially so after everyone, everyone, know, everyone thinks that they blew up, blew, blew up Tarkin's castle. Mm. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, That's true. Saul got away scot-free. So it has yeah, to be Yeah, no one knew it was Saul Guerrero. Yeah, so that's very true. I didn't even think of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And no doubt um, that, yeah. that would have been echoing all throughout the Empire. Yeah. It's like it's like that it's like in Endor where like the biggest heist is sort of like, oh, what happened? I thought I thought we were great. But apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Apparently A bunch not of ragtag people did something like this. Mhm. Yep. Um yeah, so it's pretty rough to see. Um and I I kind of like, you know, I wasn't expecting to see Hemlock there, but Hemlock came mm. um to personally uh, you know, ensure the capture of the bad batch and Omega most importantly. Um that's his prized possession. Um but I that whole, you know, him just kind of, you know, loving it and going uh the empire thanks you for your uh, assistance. Was um was a nice touch, Have um, and just Sid just of silver. yeah, Judith. and just Sid being very, very, very forlorn and like slow moving, and she just was very upset with herself. Um, but yeah, as we said, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we get a really great sequence with you know obviously Omega doesn't doesn't run away. She wants to save you know save her brothers. Not after losing Tech, she's like I'm not losing any more of them. Um, and then thankfully Echo is also still around as well. So that's that's good. So yeah, I really like the sequence the like the to finish out the season of them kind of fighting to to save um Hunter and Wrecker from being taken away. And then obviously it backfires because then Omega gets taken away. Um and just seeing e- just seeing Echo in an ATST was a bit of fun hmm. as well. I liked I liked that as well. Um and also yeah. and also Omega like um Holding a, a bazooka to to the Nazi uh, scientist and who's got the Ark of the Covenant and you know yeah 
Yeah. Raiders reference yeah. everywhere. Another 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 Indiana Jones reference. Yeah, it was very good. Um yeah. It was it was great. Yeah. Um how did you feel about Sid's betrayal and this whole final uh fight? Yeah, I was yeah, with Sid's betrayal I thought, yeah, foregone conclusion. It's like I don't care that you feel bad. I hope you never darken our presence ever again. Um mm-hmm. and whatever whatever happens. And yeah, and then it's just the last and I was like I was having a look at the time. It's like, they better wrap this up quick because there's only like five minutes left. Yeah. And it's like, what? It's like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And yeah, it's just a great sequence as well uh, of them, like their last their last fight. And then and essentially they're, they're doing doing like a, a big cliffhanger at the end of the season. It's like, we got to have a season three. You can't stop us now. Yes. Yep. And yeah, uh, and with that, um, the sort of uh, Hemlock throwing text goggles as well. It's sort of yeah. clued to me. It's like they are semi-intact. Well, they are cracked, but they are semi-intact. Are they really going to give themselves a way out of not killing off tech? Because that would be annoying. Like for me, for a, for, for a viewer watching it, it's like, oh, there's no stakes in this. But it definitely feels to me it's like they either yeah found the body that fell from pretty much the t- the the height of a sky rise, and they mm. found these goggles, and it's like this is the only thing that's left. It's like really, I don't think so. I think I think he's probably captured, and they're doing weird experiments on him. And we won't find yep, out. Yep, I agree. And I won't find out until the next season. Um, that will be annoying because I don't yeah. shed tears lightly. <laughs> I was, ex- I, I was, I was, I was emotional. It was, it, it was worthwhile. The actual emotional roller coaster with that, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, okay, fine. If they're going to go that down this route, they better have a good reason how he survived it can't be the fucking like sherlock surviving a, a fall <laughs> without any explanation and the cop out yeah. is well whatever reason we're going to come up with is is uh not going to be good enough for the fans so we thought ah whatevs let's just show a million different ways yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> meh Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely in agreement with you there. I I don't like it when characters that you know if they have deaths that mean something, which which Tex has uh, to bring them back, it very much does just undercut that impact, especially when you're rewatching yeah. the show. Um, so yeah, but as soon as I saw those goggles, I was just like, oh, nobody, he's he's alive, like. We or, didn't see him actually die. Or so. even worse, I just thought of for some oh, stupid yeah. reason. Or worse, he is dead, but they are using his body to create Snoke or something. I don't know. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, because I had a feeling when you said that too. When you said, um, you know, they could be doing experiments on on him or whatever. It's not 
like Tex gone, Tex dead, but he's they're using his corpse for some nefarious purpose now, yeah. or his brain or something because it's valuable because he's so smart. Well, it's a pizza but, bite, yeah. Now, but... <laughs> he's only well, his whole he's, body. Yeah, he's only cells at the moment. <laughs> mm. Anyway, it's nasty to think about, but it's not, and it's not outside the realm of possibility for this show to do something like that either. So yeah, yeah. Snoke. Heck, Dick. Snoke. Still need to figure out what Snoke is. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really tech. Uh, <laughs> He's gone evil. <laughs> and he has Andy Serkis's voice for some reason. Voice for some reason, yeah. Um, yeah, so I suppose we'll just talk about the last scene and then we'll wrap up. Mm, the big... What? <laughs> The big what moment of this episode? Because, of what? course, you know, we don't know when we're getting season three because it hasn't officially been announced at this point. Um, but uh, basically... May 4 coming up, um, so yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll get an announcement at uh, Star Wars Celebration um, or on Star Wars Day. Um, but, yes, basically we found out... Um, at this other uh, doctor that uh, has been working with uh, Dr. Hemlock, um, turns out she's a clone. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I could say specifically Omega's sister, but that doesn't really mean anything. No. But just basically just the fact that Omega is not the only female clone. Um, and Of Django and, Fett? And I su- yeah, of Django Fett. I... I'm finding this really interesting considering, you know, um, I wondered why she had a Kiwi accent. Hmm. Like, I, f- I felt there was a reason for that. But then I was like, oh, maybe they're just, you know, they're just giving him a Kiwi, a- giving her a Kiwi accent just because they can. But then it's like, oh, no, actually, because she's a clone. Um, mm. So. Because, you know, accents I, I are hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there is one Ray anyway. has uh, uh, has a British accent because she's related to a British person. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Log- mm-hmm. Logic. Um. <laughs> yes, but I I I don't know why they had to also go with the effect of like her taking off her glasses to kind of show her face because I didn't really get the vibe. Like it was a weird kind of a Clark Kent Superman moment of like oh. Oh, so we're supposed to not not recognize you or, you know, know that you're a clone because you're wearing these glasses? Oh, thanks for clearing that up. Um, I don't know. That was a bit weird. I didn't really get that. But, um, but yeah, uh, very interesting twist that I did not see coming at all. So I'm curious as to why they've done it and the direction they're going to go with it in the next season. Hmm. Explain it to us. Yes. What did you th- What did you think of it, Mike? Yeah, just after the big roller coaster of tech dying, maybe not dying, mm-hmm. um, and and Omega uh, game captured and uh, meeting up with uh, Crosshairs and Killshot, um, Deadbolt, um, and yeah, just. I was just 
sort of out of it and it's like it, what what what's this tidbit now what's this jj abrams mystery box really sisters okay well boba fett is actually alpha the code name and mm. there's omega and if we know our greek alphabet there's plenty of letters in between them so that makes sense there definitely is yeah it's a very good point but her age is sort of not clicking with me because Omega and, and Boba are the same age, but she's older. So does that mean she has the older, the uh, regenerative acceleration gene? But she's also tech as well. She's a female tech. She's smart. Yeah. <sighs> There's so I many don't questions know. They... and not enough answers. Yes, that's very true. Yes. So I, I don't get it. All we can do is speculate because there's nothing really on the bone. And she she wants to look after Crosshairs as well, as we saw in the previous episode. So she knows that all the clones are brothers. So and why is she there then if she if she's looking out for the clones and the clone clones her brothers are going to be experimented on by by bloody hemlock why yeah uh, okay this is breaking my head stock stockholm syndrome stockholm even if it's torturing people it's weird stockholm uh, there's gotta be something there's gotta be something so give us more yeah, episodes. There's something. Give us a secret episode. Yes. Yeah, in the in the Mandalorian, put it in there. <laughs> yeah, even though it's like twenty years ahead. No, we just you know, just do the the top and tail Mandalorian, and in the middle is just an episode of the Bad Batch. <laughs> mm. I'm still surprised if we're going to go for an overarching like analysis here. I'm still a bit. I, I'm I'm still surprised that they didn't really have an explanation of why Omega was running around Coruscant, like unmasked and no one seemed to notice. Yeah. Like that's fair. That's something that has not been answered. Mm. Or otherwise I'm just barking up the wrong tree and it was fine. Hmm. Mm. Overall, I really enjoy this episode and yeah, same. And I did like this season. And yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a definitely a good improvement from the pre- previous season, and I did like the previous season. So yeah, here we go. The first season was a new hope. The second season ended just like <laughs> someone frozen in carbonite, dying, and and coming back to life in the in the next season. And next season is going to be Re- Re- Return of the Jedi, but. The Jedi is a Force-sensitive clone, like Omega. (laughs) Yeah, still clinging to that. You should. I think it's a good theory. Mm. Makes sense. Because then, because then they find out. Oh, it is possible to clone a clone a Jedi, but Mm. but the technology gets lost, and yeah. 
say that means, I don't know, Omega dies at the end of next season. That Hopefully not. Yeah, the I technology... Don't, I don't, uh, yeah, the technology gets lost, and so they have to redo it again and try again with Grogu. Mm, I don't... Yeah, that's that makes sense. I don't think they'll kill Omega, though, but yeah, I think you're right about everything else. Hmm. Or she just mm. she just goes rogue and never comes back. Mm. Something. At us, Omega. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, let's see Omega in Ahsoka or something. Like, <laughs> who's going to play? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the female version of uh, the guy. T- Tamira Morrison. Yeah. Who could it be? Nah. <laughs> Uh, a a, a kiwi (laughs) another kiwi but female another kiwi female kiwi um yeah i think i'll just close up by saying yeah i agree this was a great episode great finale and uh definitely an improvement on the first season it was a very good solid season two a lot less filler episodes and even the filler episodes this season were better than last season. Um, as much as I had my gripes with some of them, they were still enjoyable. Um, so yeah, overall, this is, yeah, this is in fantastic. Like I've actually really looked forward to watching the bad batch more than I used to every week now. Hmm. Cause there's like legit incredible star Wars storytelling happening in this show. So, yeah. um, but you know what yeah. you can replace it with? The Clone Wars. Rebels. Rebels. I got to do Clone Wars first. You don't need to. I didn't. <laughs> well, I've been told I've been told by other people to watch Clone Wars over Rebels because Clone Wars has some some really good stuff in there. But in Rebels is more of a kid show than like more kiddie um, as opposed to, to Clone Wars. Um, but Rebels does apparently have some some good good like obi-wan kenobi and darth vader stuff in there that's worth checking out mm. so yeah some darth maul things yeah i will watch all of it eventually um whether or not that happens before ahsoka i'm not not holding my breath on that but i i do plan to sit down and find the time somehow yeah too many things to watch too many things to watch as i said the bad batches all right <laughs> bad batch is over yeah it's one less show to watch during the week now it's just Mando and Ted Lasso. So. Yeah. And probably chuck in some uh, uh, Vox Machina as well. Yeah. I can't wait to start season two of that. It's going to be good. Yes. It's going to be good. All right. Well, I think that's our cue to wrap things up. We yeah. are done. We are done um, and dusted. That's done and dusted. Those are our thoughts on uh, Bad Batch season two. Uh, the epic two-part finale, The Summit, and Plan 99. Um, very, very good stuff. Um, hope you all enjoyed, which means now the show is done. Um, thanks for watching if you have. Thanks for listening if you have. Um, and the only thing left to say, I suppose, um, is a one, two, a you know what to do. And, and that's... That- was a, was podcast a podcast called, called Fred. Fred. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Freddy Alien, you can head on over to youtube.com slash freddyalienproductions.com. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe. And if you're watching us on the Twitch, remember to follow us and ring that bell icon on YouTube to make sure you're up to date with our videos. Yes, please do. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And I've been the female version clone of a Michael Lister. Yeah. Force sensitive. And, and force sensitive. And you, you just, just experienced, experienced a, podcast a podcast called, called Friends. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Remember to eat beef. Yes. Freddy lives. Loki dies. The doctor is in. And. Tech's not dead. Tech's not dead. Or maybe Tech's not dead. Come on. Tech's not dead. Tech's not dead. Uh, not dead. Look after yourself and your mental uh, health. Yes, please do. Most important. Latest gators. See you later, alligators. And. and... See. See.